he answered. Amen? Praise the Lord. This is a new song for some of you. Some of you heard it at retreat and convention. Um, I, I, I have not been more excited about a song in a while. <laughs> I, we can trust in Jesus. Amen? We can trust in God. Uh, when we call out to him, he does answer. And when we are submitted to him, all is at rest. Amen.
and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, that's why I trust him, that's why I trust him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for being a trustworthy God. Thank you, Lord, for always hearing our cries, Lord, to you. Thank you, Lord. He's been my fourth man in the fire time after time. Time after time. When it seemed like all was lost, he stepped in. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm getting that out of the way. So y'all don't get a show, extra show this morning. Good morning. I kept seeing little things on Facebook that um, it was good news for the preachers this week because they had an extra hour to preach with time change. Lucky for you, I really don't like to listen to myself talk that much. So we will not take advantage of that. Okay, never fear. All right. Ask, seek, and knock. That's what we're going to be talking about today. How many of you like to be ignored? Anyone really love to be ignored? Probably not, right? Um, You know, you've asked someone a question, and you're met with the silence. Crickets, they don't respond. You send that text out, and they don't respond for days, if at all, my children. Uh, Ignored. Ignored. Um, we don't like it, right? Undoubtedly, if you're married, at some point or another, you have said to your spouse, are you, li- are you listening to me? Right? We've all said that, right? Um, we don't like to be ignored. And if we're honest, there have been times maybe when we've felt that way with our prayers, where we feel like they're not really getting anywhere. We feel a little bit ignored. You know, in our head, we know he hears us, right? We know he hears us. But the lack of an answer on our timetable or a different answer than the way that we had prayed for can make us feel ignored. But we know that God's word tells us differently, right? We are never, ever ignored or forgotten by God. Never ignored or forgotten by him. Um, in Matthew chapter 5, verse, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, um, we're going to be in chapter 7 if you wanted to turn there. Um, we find what's known as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, Jesus had been teaching the people about living differently, hadn't he? Kingdom living. Um, loving others, uh, including our enemies. Um, he'd been teaching them what the blessed life really looks like, which was opposite of what the world thought. Um, he'd been teaching them about um, how to pray, where we should lay our treasures up. Um, he was teaching them about his amazing care. That God showed for all of his creation, the lilies, the sparrows, um, and how much more he even cares for us. Um, He is a relational God. He wants relationship with us. And he's involved in every aspect of our lives, and he responds to us. He responds to us. He's a responsive God. He never ignores us. Never ignores us. So we're going to be looking at a small portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount uh, found in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, and as we get into the word, let's just uh, say a prayer for God's word to be spoken and what he wants to say to us today. So, Lord, we come to you today, God, and we give you this time. I've got notes, but, Lord, you say what you want to say. 
And Lord, may nothing be spoken that does not come from you, Lord. And, and may your word penetrate our hearts and our minds, God, and take root. And uh, may we leave this place convinced that you always hear our cries, Lord. And that you are just waiting for us to call upon you, Lord, to seek your face, to keep knocking on that door. And God, um, that you would just let your word go forth uh, in the power and authority, God, that you intended it to. It is alive. And we want that living word, God, to work in our hearts today, God. So have your way in your name. Amen. Amen. So Matthew 7, uh, we're going to read verses 7 and 8. Familiar scriptures, I'm sure, to most of us. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So three actions, right, for us as believers to take. Ask, seek, and knock. And we're promised three responses by God. That if we ask, we will receive. That when we seek, we will find. And that when we knock, it will be open to us. And there's also three different senses that are engaged with these actions, right? Asking is verbal. We like to use our mouths for a lot of things. We should use them to ask God for things, shouldn't we? And to talk to him. (laughs) And to talk to him. It's verbal. Um, We petition God for our needs and our desires. Uh, In the physical Seeking, we seek for something with our eyes, right? So we engage our eyes, we engage our senses um, in our minds too, right? In our minds. In the spiritual, we seek with the eyes of our hearts and our minds. Uh, When we're seeking, it's a setting of our priorities and a focusing of the heart. And then knocking involves the physical movement, right? One in which the Christian takes action. Okay, when we take action, when we live out our faith. Um, So all of these um, distinct directives given by Jesus to ask, to seek, to knock. And we're going to look at each one individually, but I believe that we'll find that they're very much intertwined as well. They very much go together. Um, And as we put these three into action, we will see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives. We will. He promises that we would. And most of all, we'll see his promises fulfilled for his kingdom and for his glory. So we're going to look at the first one first. That makes sense, doesn't it? First one first. Um, Ask, or as the Amplified Translation says, keep asking and you will receive. Keep asking and you'll receive. It shows continual communication with our Father. Now, we know that we don't get to just ask for anything, right? And expect God to give it to us, right? Um, He's not a genie in a bottle, okay, set to do our wishes and and whatever our whims and desires are at that moment. Um, We can also, and if you want to jot this scripture down, you can look at it later, but James 4 and 3 also tells us that if we ask with the wrong motives, that that can hinder our prayers. Um, So there's... um, So we have to keep those things in mind that he doesn't just he's not there at our whim to just give us whatever. okay? but he is an all powerful big God that wants us to ask for big things. He does. He wants us to ask for what we need. And he also wants us to ask him to do a seemingly impossible things. He wants us to communicate with him. He wants that relationship with us. We do that through prayer. And part of prayer is asking for God to provide whatever it is that we need. Um, 
Matthew 6 and 8 says that God knows what we need even before we ask. And he had just said this. This is in Matthew 6. So it's the chapter before in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, in, in that same sermon Jesus was giving, he says, The Father knows what you need before you even ask. And that's great. That's great. He said you don't need to babble on forever. There's no secret formula. There's no secret formula. Just come ask. Just come to me. He knows what we need. Um, and he wants to hear from us. And at first, you know, you can be like, okay, if God already knows what I need, why do I have to ask? You know, it's sometimes like with, with when you're raising kids or whatever, you're like, you already know what to do. Would you just do it? You know, um, but yet God wants us to commune with him. He wants us to commune with him. It's not burdensome. If you think about it, um, when we were talking to him, that builds relationship, right? Builds relationship. And he wants that intimate, thriving relationship with his children. If we didn't have the privilege of bringing our requests to the Lord, it would be more like the UPS delivery man who leaves us a package at our doorstep. Okay? We ordered it. We're glad it's there. And we gladly take the package. But I don't give any more thought to that UPS delivery man. But when I have spoken to the Lord... And we have that relationship, and he delivers. Amen. Amen. Then I'm, I'm thanking God. You know, he's not just the delivery man. He's my father who answered. Oh, yeah. And that's why it's a privilege to be able to ask the Lord for what we need and to commune with him. Um, so thankful that he does that. And, and we can boldly approach the throne of God, right? We can boldly approach him. We're going to read that scripture in a bit and make our requests known to him. And as we see him faithfully answer, our trust builds, that relationship builds. And it's just, it's, it's a gift beyond measure just to have that communion with him. And aren't you thankful too for the times that he does deliver in what we haven't even asked him for? You know, he knows what we need. There's been times he has protected us when we've had no idea that he has protected us from something. Um, when he has blessed us in ways that we didn't even ask for. Um, and I'm thankful for those times as well. Um, he's a good God and he wants to give us good things. Um, and we should be thankful for the deliverer of the blessings more than the actual delivery. Be thankful to the deliverer of the blessings, the good gifts. So when we read a little further in Matthew chapter 7, we see that God wants to give us good things. We're going to read verses 9 through 11. It says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? As parents... In our flawed humanity, we want to give good things to our kids, right? Even in our, even in our humanity, we want good for our kids. We want to give them good things. Um, and how much more does our good and perfect God want to give us good gifts as his children? As his children. And sometimes that good and perfect gift that God gives us is wrapped up in a bunch of no's. <laughs> you know? For what we've prayed for. Sometimes we get some no's in there, don't we? And it's, it's not always easy, but God has a, God sees the big picture. 
He knows the ultimate, what is for our ultimate good. He has a bigger plan, a better plan. He knows the end from the beginning. And just as as parents, as good parents, we don't always say yes to our kids for everything that they want. We don't, do we, Sarah? We don't. But, <laughs> but God wants to give us good things, doesn't he? We don't always say yes. Wrapped up in the nose, we find an even greater gift. And as we look back, how many have looked back and said, thank you, God, that you did not give me that? Thank you, Lord, you know, that you, you knew better than I did because I thought that was going to be the answer to everything. But you knew. You knew. And we can be thankful for those times, for his provision. Um, his good is always better than what we thought was good for us. His good is always better than what we thought was good for us. Kelly Mentor said, God would never deceive us or trick us by giving us something we thought was a blessing, only to find out that it was a rock or a snake. He will not give us everything we ask for, but he will give what he deems best. And this does not make him a yes dad, but it makes him a good and a giving one. And that's our father. So Jesus wants us to ask and then receive. It's a promise from his word. So how do we ask? How do we ask? Number one, we ask boldly. We ask boldly. Uh, Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We can boldly go to our Father Children are not timid about asking their parents for things typically, you know, right? They have that relationship, they know them, and they will go to them, you know, and and ask for what they need. Um, Even now, I'm almost 50, and I'll still just walk up to mom and dad if I need something. I mean, not money or not, I don't ask for money anymore, but, you know, but if I need something, I go and I ask them, you know, because we have that relationship, And I know that I can trust them. And um, when we have that relationship with our father, we can boldly go to his throne. And he promises that we will find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. So go boldly. Ask boldly. The second thing is um, how we ask is in his name. We ask in his name. John 14 and 14 tells us that if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. But to help us understand that more, we need some context. We need to see what Jesus was talking about when he said this. Um, In this passage, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. Uh, Philip is just trying to figure out how to follow Jesus wherever he's going. He's not getting it at all yet. And Jesus is preparing them. Jesus is trying to prepare them for the work to be done after he leaves. So we're going to start in verse 12 in that chapter of John 14. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So verse 13 tells us that Jesus will do what we ask in his name so that the father will be what glorified. That is why he will do. So when we're asking in his name, it is it's under the authority of Jesus, but it's for the father's glory. It's for the father's glory. Um, So when we're asking in his name, we have a kingdom mindset. 
You know, you can pray to win the lottery all you want and even say you're going to pay tithes on it. But if it's not going to glorify God, (laughs) it's not going to happen. It's all about his glory. It's all about his glory. Um, Jesus was talking to his disciples in this situation about carrying on the work of the Father and reminding them that they wouldn't be alone. Um, His spirit would be in them, and if they asked anything in his name to further the kingdom of God and continuing the kingdom work, bringing glory to God, that he would do it. So when when you think about what you ask God for, when you think about your prayers and what you ask God for, where do they fall? Are you trying the things that you're asking for? Do you want them to bring glory to God? Is that why you want that? Um, you know, and that includes our daily provision. That includes that. When I say a kingdom mindset, it doesn't mean that what you're asking for has to be all about soul winning or all about building the church. Yes, those things are important, and we need to do that. But part of, part of the kingdom is God's daily provision for his people. And when we pray for those things and God provides for us daily and that's evidenced in our life, that's a testimony of God's faithfulness. And that is furthering the kingdom of God. And that's furthering the kingdom of God. Um, So keep asking. If it falls into that, if it's going to bring glory to God, keep asking. If not, we need to change what we're asking for. I thought this was an interesting quote by a a New Testament scholar, N.T. Wright. He said, for most of us, the problem is not that we are too eager to ask for the wrong things. The problem is that we are not, is that we are not eager enough to ask for the right things. It's not so much we're asking for the wrong things, it's that we don't care enough and don't take the time enough to ask for the right things. To ask for the right things. We murmur and we complain about what we don't have or the condition of the world our churches, our fa- or family situations, uh, when instead we should be going to battle for those things instead of murmuring and complaining. Um, you know, we can shake our heads all we want at the condition of the world and the condition of our schools, and, you know, we've got so many kids that are confused on gender identity and all this that's going on now, and, oh, this world's just going downhill. We can murmur and complain all we want, but have you prayed about it? Have you gone to the Lord and asked him to intervene? In that family situation, in that world situation, have you gone to battle? Are you eager enough to pray for the right things, to pray for the right things, to go to battle for those, to boldly go to the throne room in the name and the authority of Jesus? We need to be people that are eager to do that, to get on our knees and fight for those things. The last thing is we need to ask according to his will. According to his will, and this is found in 1 John, I'm sorry, I don't have the reference up there. I think it's 1 John 5 and 14. Uh, It says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So our requests need to line up with the will of God, don't they? need to line up with the will of God. There are some things that we know are always God's will. It's always God's will for people to come to salvation, right? For people to be delivered. Um, It's always his will for those things. And as we delight ourselves in him and as we are seeking his face more, as we're going to talk about here in a second, our desires and our will start to line up with his. 
And then we know more what to pray for. And the spirit that dwells in us helps us to know what to pray for, uh, helps us to pray as we should. Um, you know, if you think about the Lord's Prayer that Jesus had just taught on, he had just taught on it. Um, before we begin to ask him for anything, the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we go into give us this day our daily bread. Then we start asking for those daily needs. Then we start asking for help with forgiveness, those that we need to forgive. Then we ask for help with temptations and delivering us from temptation. But first we acknowledge our Father. And we get our minds focused upon our God before we present our request to him. Um, God promises to provide what we need as we, as we seek his kingdom first. So we seek him first in his righteousness. He will provide what we need. You know, God does not always answer our prayers the way we want him to, does he? No. No. I should have got like a huge, no. <laughs> he doesn't. But we shouldn't consider ourselves martyrs when our prayers don't get answered the way we want them to. Um, like we're sacrificing for some greater good. We shouldn't view it that way. We're a blessed people who have the privilege of calling on the name of the Lord and to receive his best for us that will far surpass anything good that we may have asked him for. Um, you know, his no's often prove his love for us just as much as his yeses do. Many times they do. Many times they do. Yes, sometimes the no's are painful and they're heartbreaking for a season. They are. But trust his character. Trust his heart. He's good. He is kind, loving, perfect, faithful, and an all-powerful God. And responding to us isn't just something he does. It's who he is. It's who he is. It's who he is. You know, and uh, I told the Lord if he reminded me of this story during, then I'd tell it. So... Guess I'm going to tell it. <laughs> um, some of you have heard it, and uh, and this just kind of goes along with sometimes he doesn't answer in the way we expect him to. Um, but I'm a nurse, and in the area I work in, I work in an outpatient area, um, and uh, I had gone into work one day and. Honestly, I was really struggling. I was struggling spiritually. I was struggling mentally. I was just really struggling. And um, I went into work, and I was taking care of this patient uh, who had a procedure done. And he got back from his procedure, and uh, I was hooking him up to the blood pressure machine and all this jazz, you know, and uh, getting him all settled in. And the, the area where I work, the rooms are not very large. Okay, they're kind of small little areas. His family was on one side of the bed. Sonia knows what I'm getting ready to tell because she's laughing already. His family was on one side of the bed. Um, I was standing on the other side of the bed with the table. And um, the blood pressure cuff, the cord, was across his face. It ended up across his face. So me, being the kind nurse wanting him to be comfortable, leaned over to try to move the blood pressure cuff. So my hand, my left hand is on the side rail of the bed. And on the side rail of the bed is there is a removable call light. Okay, so that part comes off. And I'm leaning on that, and I'm reaching with this hand to move that blood pressure cord. Okay? This call light gives way. 
my hand slams down on that bed. This hand that was going to get the blood pressure cuff smacks my patient across the face, <laughs> lands next to him, and when we're done, he's here and I'm here. <laughs> and he looked at me, he goes, what happened? <laughs> he goes, what hit me? I said, I did. <laughs> Thank the Lord, his family thought it was hilarious, because trust me, not all families would have. He thought it was hilarious. There was no harm done, although he joked with me all day about his jaw hurting. Um, you know, and I say this, and it's, it's, the reason I told you that story was with, at the end of the day, I went in there, and he said, I'll never forget you. <laughs> I was like... I'm like, great. I hope you remember me for other things, too. I said, I guess God knew we need a laugh. And he looked at me, and he just, the kindness in his eyes, and that he told me, you have been a, such a blessing to me today. On a day when I was struggling and just not feeling good about things, and I was struggling, God answered my prayer in an unexpected way. He, I would never have thought that would happen. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was God encouraging me through that man. And we would not have had that conversation at the end of the day if I hadn't slapped him first. So he worked it all out. But he will answer us, sometimes in unexpected ways. But look for it. Look for it. Be aware of what God is doing around you. So keep seeking. Now we're going to talk about seeking. Keep seeking and you will find. There's a difference between seeking for something and simply looking for it. Amen? There's a difference. Um, when you can casually look for something, but when you're really seeking for something, your sole purpose in that moment is to find whatever it is you have lost. Your keys, your wallet, your phone. And I know some of you in here have found things in weird places. Um, where they should not be. I think there was keys in a refrigerator or a phone or something. I don't know. But, but in that moment when you can't find that, everything else is on the back burner. As you dump your purse out, as whatever you search those couch cushions, you dig through that desk trying to find that one piece of paper that you need. You are solely focused on finding that. That's when you're seeking. That's when you're seeking. It's a matter of paying attention with an engaged mind and an acute awareness. And God's desire is for us to seek him, to seek him. And I know for me, too many times I'm not paying attention and I miss him. I miss where he's working. I miss where he wants to, what he wants to tell me um, because I don't have my mind engaged in seeking him. And when we don't seek the Lord, we're led astray. We're led astray. Rehoboam, he became king of Israel. And this is what was said about him in Second Chronicles 12 and 14. It says, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He did evil. Uh, he had his own agenda that he was intent on pursuing. And because of that, because he did not seek the Lord, he is known as a king who did evil. Over and over in the word, we are commanded to seek the Lord. Uh, Psalms 27 and 8 says, When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Seeking is an attitude of the heart. It's a determination of where our priorities lay. 
And it's when the eyes of our hearts are open to the things of God and what is truly important. Uh, I want us to look at the scripture just before this one. Psalms 27, uh, verse 7 and 8. It says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, with its him. Uh, Psalms 30 shall not want any good thing. It will not lack. It needs adjusted. And that, re- that happens by the renewing of our mind, uh, which Romans 12 protest and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And if you think about it in the middle of these, and you should look at good in the entire Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. What? Love your enemies. Pray for those who curse you. They ask for your shirt. The world's definition of good become ours. And they are not one and the same. God's definition of good and the world's are not the same. And we need to seek him. Psalms 105, found of us. He wants to be found of us. Uh, Anybody ever played hide and seek? We would play when the kids were younger and we would play. And um, I would just... (laughs) So some of us are better at it than others. But God isn't hiding, not hiding from you. Um, Jeremiah 29 and 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find him. That priority of seeking him, he promises. And look for him all around us, and he promises to be found. And we'll see that when we find him, now seek my face. And we have to respond. We have to respond. Your, your face. And finally, we knock, knocking on the door, action to our faith. We've asked the Lord for what we need. We've been seeking his face, and we're knocking, right? And as we sought his face, we know him more. We trust him more. Very rarely do we knock on someone else's door, especially anymore. And he will answer. He will answer, and he will meet our needs just like a friend would, just like a friend door. You know, you ever seen some of those people, they walk up to the door, and they just stand there, and it's not opening? <laughs> we don't do that. We knock. We knock. And we keep knocking because we know that God will answer. We know he will answer. And God is in the, on the other side just waiting to see how long we'll knock. Okay? He doesn't just throw the, op- the door open to find because he's so annoyed with your knocking and wants it to stop. Okay? That's not what it is. We're standing there and we're knocking, and that is an expression of our faith that, Lord, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. When you get ready to open this door, I'll be ready to walk through. But I'm waiting on you. And I know that in your time, you will open this door if it's a good door for me to walk through. And so we keep knocking and we keep waiting for him. So taking our request to the Lord is asking in faith. Knocking is acting in faith, living out our faith. So we ask, we seek, and we knock. Three different pursuits, but intertwined. They all go together. And these pursuits are the opposite of resignation or retreat. Waiting on the Lord does not mean you've given up. That means you're still anticipating and still expecting him to answer. They are a show of faith in a good, loving, all-powerful God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask, think, or imagine according to his power that works in us. So what do you want from God? Kelly Mentor said, have you asked him for it? Are you willing to seek him with the passion 
of one who is after a hidden treasure. Will you knock with expectation, knowing that he opens all good doors in his time? This is what it means to be in relationship. It's about so much more than getting what we want. It's about finding out that we've always wanted him. That what we've always wanted is him. Ask and you will receive. It may not look exactly what maybe you asked for, but he answers. He answers. And sometimes it's the intangible of peace that does not make any sense. Of the joy of the Lord being your strength. But he provides. He provides. Seek his face above all else. Set your hearts towards him. And knock in expectation. Because he will open the door. He will open the door. And we want to be ready to walk through, don't we? We want to be ready to walk through. Psalms 34, 4 through 5. That's going to be my last scripture. Did he tell you I might do that, Deji? Oh, Harold. Psalms 34, 4 and 5. I can probably look it up too. Oh, look at him. I sought the Lord and he what? He heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Say that one with me. Go back. Sorry, Deji. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now you can go on. They looked unto him and were lightened. In other words, radiant. Their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed. When we seek the Lord, he delivers us. He answers us. And we have no reason to fear or be ashamed. Amen? I sought the Lord. He heard and he answered. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that? Let's stand. And as we're praying, if you want to, you can always come up to pray if you would like. Um, But let's pray for those things. What are you asking the Lord for? Are you praying for the right things? Are you going to battle or are you just murmuring and complaining about things? Let's go to battle for those things that are so important for our families, for the church, for 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 the world, you know, that needs Jesus. Let's go to battle for those things and let's believe and seek his face and believe expectantly that he will answer, that he will answer. Let's all pray together. Father in heaven, we come to you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you honor, Lord. We thank you, God, for your word, that you are a God who keeps your promises, Lord. And you said when we ask, we would receive. When we seek, we will find. And when we knock, you will open the door to us, God. So, Father God, we are claiming that promise this morning, Lord. And we are asking, Lord, for you to meet the needs of the people here in this building today, Lord God. For those who need healed, for those who need deliverance, who need a financial miracle, Lord God. Whatever it may be, God, you are a God who will answer. And we bring these things to you, Lord. Father, we are asking God for deliverance, God, from those from addictions, Lord Jesus. We are asking, Lord God, for you to just open up the doors for us to walk through that you have intended for us, for those good things that you long to give us, Lord. And, Father, we want to seek your face, Lord, above all else. Set our hearts towards you, God. Set our hearts towards you, Father. And, Lord Jesus, we know that you are the greatest treasure we will ever find, Lord God. We thank you, God, for what you are doing. We thank you, God, for your amazing love to us, God. 
How good you are to us, Lord, as your children. Oh, Lord. And when we look to you, our faces are radiant. Our faces are radiant. We have no reason to be ashamed or fearful because we trust in our God. And he answers and delivers. And we thank you, God. We thank you, God. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you know the Chiefs score, do not tell me. I am going home to watch it. So. Thank <laughs> you.